they, they all mean different things depending on who it's coming from. Okay. Your to anything is a criticism, period. Mm. And anything that you are too much of is also an asset. Like we Is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Each week, we give you real-life stories and thought-provoking research that inspires your soul to live a more fulfilled life through your own actions. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here are your hosts, award-winning coaches, Christopher Lawrence and Kyle Kalou. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what an exciting... I always love hearing our intro. Our intro is so amazing. Um, I am with Christopher James Lawrence this week, and he is with myself. No, that's where you say conclude because I just said. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. Yeah, let's try this again. I am here with Christopher James Lawrence this week for this exciting podcast, and he is with the amazing, the incomparable wrestler extraordinaire. Okay. Right, let's just move into it. You know what, Christopher? I need you to check your attitude at the door. You know what's interesting? That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Check it at the door. Just think about that for a second. I want to share something with you, and I've been really excited to talk to you about it um, as well, is this thing that, you know, I was on a, I was doing a workshop actually yesterday uh, with some, uh, some executive leaders, and they're all in different organizations, as well as some middle management uh, leaders. And we're doing a disc, you know, review, and we're going through the different profiles. And I think at some point, we'll do a podcast, a little bit more detail on that, because we do a lot of work in that space. But one of the things a particular style of leader said is, I just feel that, you know, employees should just check it at the door, leave their emotions, don't like I mean, things happen in life and whatever, whatever, but we're here to do work. We're here to move forward. And listen, I know what some people already are thinking. And I applauded him for being honest, being vulnerable and actually saying it out loud. Because I know from working with a lot of these leaders, sometimes they feel that way. And it's not just leaders, some other people feel that way. Colleagues sometimes feel that way. It's like, I don't want to hear you griping about da 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 da. Just do the work. Let's just get it done, right? And so it made me kind of think about how many other people are actually checking at the door. Like, what's your input on this whole concept? People should just check their feelings or check any distraction in the organization at the door. So, Kam, much like you, I have coached over 2,000 people in a one-on-one -on -one setting, primarily on the topic of career, certainly other things. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have coached over 2,000 people in one-on-one -on -one settings and over 10,000 people in group settings uh, in the last uh, nearly nine years now. And I'll be honest with you, I, I think it the, the phrase, check it at the door, is an oversimplification of something like that's our, you know, get this statement out as quickly as possible because something you're saying or doing is uncomfortable or unprofessional or whatever. And I think that it's uh, like, I, I understand the intent of what they're saying, which is, Hey, sometimes when we bring our crap to the office, uh, it, it becomes a distraction. Right. But the phrase and statement itself are an oversimplification and they're also, uh, um, I think I think if we were to follow it the way they're saying it, they're asking you to leave a part of your psychology at the door, a part of your memory, a part of your human experience. And so actually, I would say that a statement like that is anti-human, which is why big corporations, especially big old corporations, mm -hmm. get criticized 
to filth for being heartless, their employees just being a number because of that. In my own experience, I mean, certainly I, you know, I did extremely well working in corporate Calgary, extremely well. Um, Always promoted, moved up the ladder very quickly, big bonuses, all of that stuff, big salaries, all that stuff. I was a good performer but I was a good performer because of my sensitivity. And so it's like, I think there's something to be said here about like, like, hang on a second. Like, what do you mean check it at the door? And I think that we actually need to have a more specific definition of that. I remember once last time this happened, it was the very last time I think, you know, cause you gotta, this, this stuff shows up until you own it. I remember one employer, he, he said that to me, he says, uh, Christopher, y- you're rather sensitive and I think you need to check it at the door. So being the sensitive, wow. being the sensitive person I was <laughs> and, and unmanaged, like, I don't think yeah. I had a lot of emotional intelligence, right? Uh, being, yeah. being an unmanaged sensitive person, like sensitivity is a superpower, but like all superpowers, it requires training to use it to your right. advantage, right? Like, like sensitivity is not a liability. It's a superpower. It's just that like Superman's laser eyes without training, he's burning holes in walls, right? right. So it's like, it, your sensitivity needs, you know, to be trained and harnessed. Well, well, uh, being the sensitive person I was, I slammed the door and I said, let me tell you about my effing sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And I said, and the next time you say it, you're going to attach a big fat bonus to it because that's why my team is the most efficient and why mm-hmm. I am successful and why it's because I tap into that. I didn't get fired. <laughs> okay. That was my next question. Okay. So I didn't get fired. When, when you got walked out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get walked out, but, uh, but, but actually it, it kind of put him in check. And so, so I have a, you know, particular passion uh, for this topic of checking it at the door. Is that the same as, um, and just to be clear, being sensitive, because I also hear the, you're too emotional. Like, is that similar to, you're too emotional? Is that, is oh, all I think, all uh, well, I mean, they, they all mean different things depending on who it's coming from. Okay. You're too anything is a criticism, period. Mm. And anything that you are too much of is also an asset. Like, we don't have behaviors. We don't have behaviors that, uh, that serve no purpose. All of our behaviors serve a purpose that we consciously or subconsciously, habitually, evolutionary wise, believe support us. Interesting. So, yeah. So let me ask you this, because I know you're the research guy and, you know, with this, with this topic. So what is, I mean, because I think you blogged about this sometimes before, kind of chat within your practice, but have you ever come across some research that actually talks about is, should employees or should people check things at the door so that they're not distracted in the organization? So certainly there's some really compelling research coming out of uh, Brene Brown's work. And if you haven't heard of her, you need to look her up. I know you have, Kyle, but to our Mm -hmm. listeners, if you haven't heard of her, you need to look her up. But I think everybody's heard of Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. Certainly in North America, she would be, you know, for the most part, a household name. Um, And her research is very compelling. Uh, Like all social research, there's, you know, it needs to be advanced, improved. Um, uh, that kind of thing. I think, Kyle, what we're talking about here is emotional intelligence. So asking somebody, and actually I had the best leader, I'm going to say his name, uh, uh, his full name, because I th- I, I want to give him credit for this. Okay. Uh, Dan Kyle Barch. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> so right. sorry. Sorry, folks. It wasn't I you. Okay. Oh, girl, if we need to go back and talk about the time you read me at WestJet, because you needed let's something not, done. Let's oh, girl, not that's talk a whole about other that. story. 
living with Kyle Kalu. <laughs> Back to Dan. So Dan Barch, I, I had a an emotional reaction, and he's the first person that ever ever uh, called it out in what I would say is the strongest way that that a leader ever had. He, I had an emotional reaction, and he pulled me aside and he said, "You get emotional." I said, yeah, I do. And I got defensive. And, and he said, listen, listen, it's okay that you have emotions. He said, I have emotions too. And he said, Christopher, I wanted to punch the guy in the face. <laughs> he said, it's not that you have emotions. It's not that you're having a bad day because your spouse is divorcing you or, you know, your kid is doing drugs or, you know, whatever it is, you, you know, you, you didn't get enough sleep. Maybe it's not that you're having a bad day. It's what do you do? doing with it right so so it's okay to bring it to the workplace but we have to use emotional intelligence so i actually did find something here about it's an article uh called linking emotional intelligence spirituality and workplace performance uh and then the subtitles definitions models and ideas for research so basically what they were doing is they were saying there's there's more research that needs to be done right um, and I thought the word spirituality was interesting. Let's be mm -hmm. clear, spirituality and religion can be the same thing, but spirituality and religion are not the same thing. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so uh, this comes from the Journal of Managerial Psychology. I'm sure, Kyle, you didn't even know that existed. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> and for those avid researchers, volume 17, number three, pages 203 to 218. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Good. So, so I'm just going to pull some pieces of the abstract here just okay. for the sake of time. So, so despite, and I, I think the first sentence is probably the most compelling, the first part of the first sentence, despite okay. a reluctance on the part of organizational researchers to deal with the subjects of emotion or spirituality, recent researchers have begun to argue for the importance of exploring the relationship to workplace performance. Recent research, for example, has shown a positive relationship between emotional intelligence and workplace success. Similarity, they may be related to workplace performance or effectiveness. And that's what the paper explores. So I just thought to myself, I, I think that's pretty compelling research. You know, checking it at the door isn't isn't always the right thing. Yeah. But the question is, if you're bringing it in the door, what are you doing it and how are you showing up? That's a great question. And I think we're gonna, I wanna tie that into the inspired action just in the end when we talk about some tips. But one of the things I just want to address really quickly, bring it up to you, because uh, we're, you know, we've been doing a few podcasts now as we start these other things. And and some people have noticed a little bit of our format that we always introduce some form of a research. I'm curious from your perspective, why do we touch on research? Like, why is that necessary for us to to mention research? You know, I think Kyle, so much of the research that we use is social based. So like, I know, and I'll keep saying this, like I am not, you know, naive to, you know, to the challenges that social research brings, right? Repeatability right. is a problem, but we still have to work with the best information we have today, right? This is no different than hard science, right? Vaccines is a hot topic right now. Let's not get into it and don't say that C word. But, you know, fact, <laughs> vaccines are a hot topic right now. Vaccines have improved years over years. If we looked at the original vaccines versus now, we might, and you'd, you'd maybe have to talk to a medical researcher, but we might 
look at that and say, oh my God, like that, that, that was barbaric. So we have to build off what we know to get better. And I think Kyle, you and I have a shared value around education mm-hmm. and, and we both believe that, that education is the best thing uh, that allows people to become questioning, to think in gray areas as opposed to black and white, you know, and to challenge our own biases. Never mind, you know, we we so often use it to challenge other people, but maybe we need to use it to challenge ourselves, our own biases and our own way of thinking. And so that's why we rely on research. That would be yeah. my answer to that question. I, Kyle, I totally agree. What? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that as well. And it's a great thing to be reference point because here's the thing, someone else has done some of this work, right? Because a lot of times some people feel I'm the only one I've never done. I don't like it's it's not to say to influence you to go completely to the other way or to, you know, when you get into an argument over social media, and someone's like, where's your facts? Where's your and like, it's there to continue a dialogue and to be able to explain that. So I just wanted to bring to it because I we, we, we got some comments and people were just were curious around it naturally is why why do we talk about research or reference research and you know is it to to really to uh, sway someone to one direction we're again we're just sharing our opinion based on our own experiences and um if someone can learn from that great if someone makes it better for them that's fantastic so coming back to this um piece of it christopher so what would you suggest because i agree with you we are one whole person and i don't know anyone who could truly fully check anything at the door it's still going to be in our head i remember you know a situation where you know this dad in the the doctor's office grabbed his little kid that was running around causing ruckus and you know puts her on the chair and says stop running you know what i mean and because he was frustrated and he was all these other stuff and she's like, Daddy? And he goes, yes, what? And she goes, I'm still running in my mind. You know what I mean? So even though he wasn't seeing the physical running, she's st- we're still doing it. So even if we check the door. but Can is, we just give kudos to that little girl? Like that little girl is <laughs> going to be the next prime minister of Canada. <laughs> that is amazing. It's like, running. you can tell me to stop running. I'm still running in still my running mind. In my mind. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so even if you, you physically can't <laughs> see them, checking it or they may show you that check the door it's still happening and that's actually still the distraction so it makes sense so you know so what would you say um as far as to be able to give to our listeners as what could they do what inspired action could they take this week if they're just mindful of this when it comes to checking at the door so to speak if i could yeah. jump in i have got two things in mind for me for me it's one you know, the best advice you're ever going to get from, from a flight uh, flight attendant is don your own mask. Put your own mask on. Being aware that this is happening for you, this experience, whatever happened that you're supposed to check at the door, that this is happening, a death, a breakup, you know, something traumatic, you know, whatever that is that you know is going to be a distraction, putting your own mask means what do I need? Asking yourself, what do I need in this moment? What is it? happening to me what am i experiencing that piece of it the second if i could actually comment on that kyle i think so often we use that example of donning your own mask but but like you know and and it's it's certainly become a huge part of pop culture although both of us having worked for an airline years ago there's a very specific Mm -hmm. reason why and and so it's like if somebody beside you or your child is beside you is incapacitated our tendency is to put their mask on first should the plane begin to depressurize Mm -hmm. the problem is by the time you get their mask on 
you're out. It happens that fast. So actually you have to put your own mask on first and then you can help others because if you don't, you can't help anybody else. So by ignoring your own needs and literally hard stop, check it at the door. Oh, BS. We know you'll be distracted the whole day. We know you'll struggle. We know that your performance won't be as good as it could have been. We know that maybe you'll be more grumpy or more sad or more depressed or more distracted throughout the day. If you do not check in with your own needs first, you are a detriment to the other people on a plane or in this case in your workplace, right? You are not helping yourself and you're not helping them by running yourself into the ground. Absolutely. Thank you for adding that. And the second part I would say definitely is, you know, speak up. I could tell you from the leaders, from myself as a leader and work with other leaders, we do want to know about it. We do want to hear how we can help you, right? We're not these callous people without feelings and all these other stuff. We may show up that way. That may be the talk at the water cooler, or that may be the talk now in the breakout rooms on Zoom or whatever you're doing. But I could tell you they want to know. Now, here's the thing. You may not they know want to how know, to do it. Yeah, I was going to say they want to know with appropriate levels of detail, because I know some leaders are just like, like, yeah, don't give me may, detail. Yeah. Like they, they might just need to know that something's going on right. and that and it's what like, you need. yeah, here's what I need today. You know, mm-hmm. I, I need to get out of two or three meetings if I can, I need, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, like I need to just do a little bit of like reflection or, right. or whatever. It's just like, Hey, I might be distracted today, you know, but, but uh, you know, cause I've got something going on at home, but yeah. st- still and, present. And, and- yeah, and if you don't know how to have that conversation with your leader, I I I can assure you, nine point nine percent out of nine point nine out of ten, uh, is there someone else in the office or in the organization or in your inner circle that knows how to have these conversations? So tap on them, right? I would say, so, I agree. Tap on them, but I'd also say send an email to uh, to our podcast, which you'll see in the show notes. Um, and, and on our outro there. Uh, and I asked Kyle, because this is what he does for a living. He helps people learn to talk to their leaders mm-hmm. and he helps leaders talk to their staff and he helps people who want to be emerging leaders get into that leadership glass ceiling. And so why not take advantage of it and have a chat with, with him? I appreciate that. And so what would you suggest? So those are the two things for me, right? Is check what you need and be able to speak up and again, get some support or help to have that conversation because chances are someone already talked to that leader already Mm -hmm. about something similar or just know how to talk. What would you say as the inspired action? I think for me, Kyle, the first one would be work with who you are, not against who you are. So if you're a sensitive person or if you're going through a divorce or you're an angry, frustrated person, you know, or you're generally a happy person, whatever it is, work with who you are. Now, what that means is, is recognize, like I said at the beginning, that those things can work to your advantage when you get them under the right control. You have to learn to use them to your advantage. So work with who you are. And that also means be really careful of the story you're telling yourself. Right. You know, be careful. Have you ever heard, walked into a retail place? This is, I know you have because we talk about it all the time. And yeah, somebody's like, sir, 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 put your mask on. Or sir, sorry, Shane, Shane you'll have to adjust the volume. Um, you know, sir, sir, please wait. You know, or they roll their eyes and it's like, and then I learned this from you, Kyle. Like that's somebody who has not only 
not checked it at the door, but they're telling themselves a story. So part of working with who you are is recognize that you are telling yourself a story that might be full of assumptions and to, and to put that in check. Right. By the way, Kyle's great phrase to say to people like that is, Oh, listen, I know that you have said that to a hundred people today, but it's the first time I'm hearing it. So I just need mm-hmm. you to say it like it's the first time I'm hearing it. Cause I didn't Absolutely. know. Um, Absolutely. And then the second thing Kyle would be to engage in empathy. And I think this is a really key and critical part uh, of the workplace. There is so much research coming out about empathy in the workplace. Uh, empathy does not have to look like softness. And I think mm. that these, you know, there are a lot of strong alpha leaders out there, men and women who are strong al- and, and, you know, probably transgendered as well. If, you know, mm. I know we have to be sensitive about gender, but, um, mm. but there are a lot of strong leaders out there who are alpha leaders and they see something like empathy as like it makes them uncomfortable because right. they feel like they have to do or behave in a certain way. And what I would just say is that all empathy is, is it's an acknowledgement that somebody else is going through something hard or difficult. That's all it is. And so all you have to say is that sounds really hard. Is there something specifically that I can do to help you? They will feel hurt. They will feel supportive. If they want to get into the details of the story, you say, yes, I hear you. I'm just wondering, is there something specifically I can do? It sounds like you need to talk about it. Could we set you up with somebody that could do that for you? Because I'm actually not sure how to manage that situation. But if you have needs that I can help you with here, like if you need to take a break or get out of that tough meeting at the end of the day, maybe we can talk about that, right? So empathy is just an acknowledgement that they're going through something, but we don't have to go to the details. And what it does is it just redirects the person. Person. And I see that as leaders, but that's also for yourself to remember for too. Sure. And it goes back to your first point, Kyle, if people recognize what they need, then they can ask for it. Absolutely. And I love that. At the end of the day, you could lead yourself, right? It's not just also about others. So with that note, I wanted to, guys, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for those great insight, Christopher James Lawrence. And I want to say to our listeners, what, what is one imperfect inspired action that you will take this week, starting today, uh, based on the stuff that we've been talking about? Because in our opinion, you don't have to check it at the door. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we will see you. Have a, have a great day. It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So if you love inspired action, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app and share us on your socials. You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week. Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Because I've been there. I've been the guy, I've never done it, but I've been the guy that's want to hit reply and say assholes. I've been that guy. And I know I'm not a bad person. Mm -hmm. 